We're so excited to be here with our community for this whole community. This is our very first episode of what we're calling Better Together. So coming together, kind of mulling over our curiosities, our questions, our wonderings, and kind of sleuthing them out together and finding this place, this table of discussion where we can bring our faith and our love of yoga and move through some of these ideas and questions in a really thoughtful and meaningful way. So welcome. We're so glad that you're here. Yeah, and I'm Maggie. I'm one of the other teachers on the platform for the Soul Yoga. Jen and I are good friends and just excited to share some of the things that we talk about in our own conversations, like when we get to meet up and film classes together, when we get to hang out and kind of discuss like what we're learning as far as teachers and even what we're learning just in our own faith journey as well. And we each have a very unique and kind of passionate, I guess, approach to wellness and holistic living and making that into a lifestyle that we incorporate into our faith as well. And so we're really excited to share some of those things on this discussion and from our own perspective, our own life experiences and things like that as well. But for today, I'm going to open our time in prayer. So if you want to join me wherever you are in prayer, that'd be awesome. Dear Lord, we just thank you so much for the opportunity to join together to just come before you with our own curiosities and wonderings. God, we pray your blessing over this time that you would guide our words and that everything that we share would always be from a place of hope and love and just our focus and foundation always being rooted in you and in and in the gospel. So we thank you so much for the ways in which your word applies so magnificently to our lives, even today, thousands of years later. And the wisdom that we can still just gain from that and, and bringing that into our own lives as we build confidence, as we build relationships, as we go throughout our work days, our family lives. And we just want you to be at the center of it all, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So today we're starting out our time with just going into some conversation about one of the topics that Jen and I feel really passionate about, but that we also get like a decent amount of questions on and in regards to teachers that we've worked with. And especially this, I feel like is, you can tell me your experience as well, Jen, but for me, like working with, when I've worked in yoga teacher trainings, a lot of the conversation is really what I, I get that around like new teachers that just feel a lot of insecurity and are still kind of finding the confidence to teach to like a group class. And so they're wanting to make sure that everybody stays safe and feel seen and everything. So we get a lot of questions and I feel like there's still a, quite a bit of conversation around this topic of like, is there kind of perfect alignment for yoga postures? So that's where our conversation is headed today. And we are hoping that it's helpful for you, whether you're a yoga teacher or a yoga student. And really, honestly, like for me, this is a topic that spills over into really any movement or like fitness in general, because there's even in like lifting and stuff, there's always like a blueprint that you're working with for specific movements. So what's kind of your experience been, Jen? Yeah. I mean, that was a perfect intro to my experience as well. And it's a sensitive topic because there's a lot of embedded beliefs about how we should place our foot here or do this movement so that we can, like you said, stay safe or so that we can get 
the maximum benefit from our postures. Everybody wants that, right? We're on the mat and we want to kind of get the most out of our time and our efforts and it's totally understandable. And it's almost like a something that people have learned either through the years of just listening to of more a fear-based cueing language in the classes that they've taken as students. And also, I think that there's just this innate idea of wanting to stay safe. And yeah. so we have this kind of approach when we're coming to the yoga mat. But when we look at God's design of our body and our tissues and our adaptability and our resiliency, it really is such a more hopeful kind of place to be in our yoga practice and our movement and our lifting and all of all of the things that we do through our life when we take this approach of knowing that deeper layer of how God designed us. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. I I agree with that wholeheartedly because I feel like this is a great conversation, whether you practice or you teach, because there is so much to be aware of when you're getting into, like, especially I think this is like, like I said, for beginning teachers, it's really great for beginning yoga students as well, because there is a lot that you're learning at once. And when the beginning, your nervous system isn't as maybe like relaxed as it will be like once you're a little bit more familiar with some of the postures and you're able to settle in your mind and your body a bit more once it's a bit more familiar. And so I think it's really interesting and good to have some information when you just get started as a student too, because then you are kind of more aware of some of the language that might be where the teacher might be coming from a place of wanting to make sure that you stay safe, but maybe not being as fully informed as maybe they could be to know like the, the actual resiliency and adaptability of our bodies. And that is such an amazing part of the creation of God at work that he's just like always working for our redemption and our thriving and shalom, I feel like. So yeah, that's, that's so good. Kind of like the big question is that what we're trying to talk through today is, is there perfect alignment um, that we're trying to find or on the mat and can it apply to everyone? And again, some of the questions that we might get, or you might have yourself would be like, what is the right way to do like a wheel pose? Where should I put my foot in warrior two? You know, I want to do it right so that I don't get injured. So I guess the simple answer is like, no, there's not perfect alignment and there's not one size fits all, but it is this ongoing sense of discovery. So can you talk about that a little bit, Jen, like how you've experienced that, like in your own practice? Yeah, absolutely. So I, my yoga journey started when I was in pain when I had a lot of physical pain and I was also in a lot of emotional pain and uncertainty in my life. And that's a whole other story. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to that one day. People that mean that's like really good to learn from. So, (laughs) um, and so I, I started in a, a therapeutic class and so it sounded like, okay, therapy, I'm going to therapize my body. And so, um, who I was learning from was a very traditionally educated therapist, physical therapist. And so it was very right, wrong, good, bad, right? If you don't do this, you're likely to hurt 
XYZ, right? Mm -hmm. And that appealed to my very kind of like perfectionist tendencies, which I've been trying to unwind from quite a while. But so at the time I was like, okay, well, this sounds good. I'm going to achieve da da da, right? Feeling better, getting rid of my pain and on down the line. And as I slowly started to, and I think you really hit, hit it really well uh, early on, Maggie, was the nervous system as my nervous system started to settle and I started to feel a little bit more ease in my body. Mm -hmm. uh, I started to learn a bit more about the mysterious uniqueness of our bodies, all of us, and this, how beautiful everything is designed to kind of help us thrive, right? Our nervous system wants us to survive. Mm -hmm. And when we approach it from this way of caring and tending to our bodies in this very soft, compassionate way, we heal. So as my journey kind of progressed, it became less about right, wrong, and more about inner knowing and yeah. listening and hearing what my body needed. Mm -hmm. And as I started to kind of continue on through my education, through biomechanics and learning more about physiology and tissue mechanics, it mirrored what I was experiencing. It yeah. confirmed, it affirmed what I was experiencing in my own body that with that tenderness, with that inner knowing, we're able to kind of adapt and build that capacity within us mm -hmm. in a very unique way, in a very unique way. So we don't have that everybody's foot goes here. And if yeah. you don't, oh my gosh, something's going to, you know, something's going to go wrong. Totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. No, thanks for sharing that. That's, yeah. that's so good. I love like when we have those moments of it kind of starts on the inner self and you're like, I get what they're saying, but I'm kind of feeling it like this way. And then you start to find the people and the, you know, whatever things else it might be like an article or you know, somebody's Instagram account or something, then you feel really like, oh, wait, that's like what I've been looking for. That's so good to have that affirmed. And when we really feel seen and like, I'm not crazy and like, you know, so yeah, that's, that's, that's so good. And for those of those of you who don't know too, that Jen does this really incredible module in one of the trainings that we work with where she, it's all about the resiliency of the body. And so I always am like, it's so much even more impressive because you've walked through that yourself. I think your message in that teaching is that much more potent and to the point for people and powerful because you have really walked that path. So yeah, I love to hear you unpack that journey. For yeah. me, it was really interesting because I probably have a pretty different coming to this practice than, than other people, because I got into the practice as a 14 year old playing competitive soccer. And so I was already young, fit, active, you know, when they, a lot of us, when we're 14 are just like pretty, pretty bendy and pretty open. And so I found like the approach to yoga very easy actually. And I even hesitate to say that because that's one of those things that it's like, 
oh, it just kind of came naturally. And for many people, it's the opposite. And so I don't want to discredit that because that's its own journey as well. But it's been interesting for me because a lot of the practice has always been very approachable. Now there's like, you know, very advanced postures. Like I'm, I still to this day, like struggle with a forearm or a, a forearm stand or like a handstand. Like really my only inversion I can do is a headstand. And I just try not to do those all the time. That's probably another topic we could go talk about at some yeah. point. Cause that's like definitely a hot, a hot one, but I will still do it sometimes. Like when I'm like, okay, I feel properly warmed up for this. And I want, you know, I'm not going to hold it for a super long time. And I like the feeling of an inversion, but all of that's a overall inversions are definitely the thing I struggle with the most. And that's good for me because I have to be like, no, you need to, (laughs) this is like hard for a reason. Like you need to work on this. (laughs) It's not all just going to be easy every time. But what I want to say about that is that I started to like, when I was practicing really consistently and practicing really rigorously and more kind of like very faster paced vinyasas, even like a little bit of Ashtanga type of stuff where it's a little bit more for those of you that wouldn't be familiar with those terms. It's just like more fast paced. You're flowing from one posture to another really quickly, you know, sweating quite a bit, typically doing, I did like a decent amount of hot yoga for a long time. And I started to find that I was starting to get some knee pain. And basically long story short, come to find out that it was basically just because I was so bendy that, that I was like overdoing it. And so now what that looks like in my practice and what I, what I try to integrate a lot more into my practice, which has felt amazing and has been a really different and enlightening experience has been that I now try to add strength to a lot of my poses And we actually just posted about this on our Instagram today. Jen did this really great version of a strong lizard. And so saying you can do a passive version of a lizard pose where you're really hanging down into the hips, your shoulder might even come down past your knee or you're on your forearms on the ground, or you could like lift the back knee off the ground, hover, really use your core, try to pull your inner thighs into the midline and make it really strong, but still work where you're getting your torso like parallel to the ground and shoulder by your knee. So you're still getting this pretty deep range of motion, but you're just adding a lot of strength there. And so I really ended up doing a lot of that in my, like in pigeon pose, for example, like now my pigeon pose is hardly ever passive. I really tend to do pigeon pose on my back more where you do like the kind of figure four version, or I'll do a seated fire log pose where you stack your stack your knees and stack your shins. And my pigeon pose is way more strong and integrated. I try to do these little hovers and I'll kind of like lift and lower my torso, do some strong back bends where I'll kind of open my chest and really engage my back muscles in it. And I'm kind of always pushing into that front foot and front knee for some extra stability in my hips. So that whole front leg is really active as opposed to before where I would just collapse into my hips, let my chest lay on the ground, like fully flat. And there is, I believe a space for that still, but it's that balance. And I think really what that means for today's discussion is just, it takes quite a bit of time to really get familiar with what you specifically need in your, in your practice. So yeah, it's a journey. (laughs) It's a journey. And I love, yes, I, oh my gosh, your, your classes on our platform are always so inspiring for me because (laughs) uh, that's exactly what my body needs, right? That 
owning that all of those ranges of mobility, Mm -hmm. right? A passive range of motion doesn't really serve us that well in our life. And if we Mm -hmm. think about why are we coming to the yoga mat, right? We're coming to the mat to find freedom of movement, to find all of these nooks and crannies in our bodies that we don't find on a regular basis Mm -hmm. in our everyday lives. And when we're pressing into these edges, which is good, we want to expand our mobility. We want all that. But when we have only a passive range of motion and we can't own that within strength, right? Control that range of motion, then it doesn't really translate into freedom of movement in our everyday life. And that's where we have that nervous system kind of sense of safety Mm -hmm. as we're moving through life because our tissues can support us, Mm -hmm. right? Support the movements that we're asking it to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love that. Uh, So tell me about some people or books you've read or people that Mm -hmm. you've learned from that you've kind that kind of started to broaden your understanding that it's not as simple as like, this is what the shape should always look like. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, my mentor, Jules Mitchell, I did my 300 hour with her. She's yoga biomechanics. And I think she's really the first person that like blew my mind, right? Like just started kind of producing some of these concepts, these critical thinking kind of ideas about, well, why, why are we doing this? Right. And so Mm -hmm. once you kind of kind of peel away those layers of really, truly understanding what our, our practice is doing for us. Why do we want to have passive or active range of motion? Why do we want to have strength? So kind of exploring some of these ideas in a deeper way really Mm -hmm. started to broaden my view of my own practice. And then as an instructor and a teacher, it helped me feel more confident in how I was supporting my students as well. Yeah. So yeah, I, I love Tiffany Kruchank. She is my 200 hour instructor with yoga medicine. She's fantastic. They have a great podcast that explores all of these issues. And I've just kind of seen her program really expand with all of these different ideas as well over the years, which has been Mm -hmm. really exciting. So yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. For me, one of the ones that's been really helpful, and it's funny because I think like his stuff is decently old, but I think it's just like, I don't know if he was just ahead of his time <laughs> with this, but is Paul Greeley. Do you, are you familiar yes. with him? Yeah. Yep. His stuff is so practical because he literally shows you bones and help you like, look yeah. at this person's bone. Now look at this person's bone. Like, yeah. and like, how it connects with the pelvis. Yeah. Like, how is there, are, do you think yeah. that their leg is going to externally rotate like this person's is? And you're right. like, no, it's impossible, you know? And so I found that just really helpful as more of like a visual, like I, I'm very much like a hands-on learner predominantly, but definitely need a good visual representation as well. Yeah. And I just was like, you just can't get better visualization than that because he's just showing and he has like a one series too, where he'll have two people come up front and they'll sit there and they'll do the same pose and he'll be like, okay, see how this person's arms, if they're out to the side and they, and I pull them back, like this person's hands 
touch. And then yeah. this person's hands, they're like two feet apart. And yeah. They're, they're Ain't never going to get there ever. Yeah. Um, and it's just and so okay. interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. It's so freeing. It's so hopeful because it's yes. just like, okay, like there are literally things that I will never be able to do. And I think that that should be actually freeing because instead of trying to force yourself into a box and beating yourself up over it, you can be like, my body just is not designed like that. And I see, I think where you really see that is like Cirque du Soleil or something, you know, (laughs) you're like, like I'll do yoga my whole life and I can stretch every day forever. And I'll never be able to do some of those things because they're just literally born with a lumbar spine that allows them to be able to drop back and then put their head between their legs. Like, you know, I'm just like, my spine will never do that. Yeah. No. And and it's just like, great. That means if I wanted to do that, I'm not going to waste my time. Like, you know, stretching and doing all the things, but Mm -hmm. you know, not to say that we shouldn't strive to find the greatest range of motion available to our bodies. I just think that shifts for me, the perspective. It allows me to be, now this is my journey. Like instead of this pose, it's discovery of what is available for my unique body. And and also what your goals are, right? For what you want to do in life. Yeah. If you want to be a rock climber, your mobility, your uh, mm-hmm. goals for your movement practice are going to be different than someone that just wants to be able to get on the floor and play with their grandkids. Yeah. Yes. Right? Well, and easily and get up and yeah. down from the floor. Like there's, we yeah. all have these different goals to our movement practice. And so I think that's important to keep in mind as well. And, you know, Maggie, I love how you said in the very beginning, how when we approach our body in this way, this more compassionate honoring of our uniquenesses kind of way mm-hmm. that spills over to mm-hmm. our other areas of life, yeah. right? We have a tenderness. We have a soft heartedness mm-hmm. of our uniquenesses in our personalities, in our energy levels, in our circumstances. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, um, something that God desires Mm -hmm. for us as humans is to have that softness and that tender heartedness towards us. Mm -hmm. Yes. Amen. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Could not agree more. I think we were talking about referencing Psalm 139, 14, where it's like God made you mysteriously complex and he sees you and he formed you and the beauty that that is. And, and then joining him in that in order to discover how mysteriously and beautifully he made you, I think is so, yeah, it's just really an amazing journey to partake on or partake of. Yeah. So talk about quickly how you would encourage someone, whether they're a teacher or a student to start this process. What does it look like to be like, okay, my teacher says, you know, this is the shape, like that's what they need to do. I want to clarify it because I think it's tough as a teacher. You can't just cue for every single little variation, right? So we do have to give generalizations of like, sure. you know, you're, you should be kind of in this or general right. direction or shape. Like you can't just right. be like, this is just not whatever you are. Yeah. There's something beautiful about free movement, but yes. we yes. love yes. yoga. So we're going to yeah. talk about yoga. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. 
So if a teacher's like, let's do a triangle pose, because I feel like that one still kind of gets that very much like your hips gotta be in this shape of, you know, between two panes of glass or whatever that is. And so can you give an example of how you'd start to either as a teacher or as a student Mm -hmm. find that shape for your unique body? Sure, sure. So, so let's say we're coming from a warrior two stance, right? Mm-hmm. Coming into trying sure, to like an open hip stance, open hip stance, like, your yeah. front foot toes are facing forward, that back foot, those toes are a little bit at an angle. Maybe your ankles are roughly under your wrists. So maybe kind of giving you an idea of the width of the feet away mm-hmm. from one another. And then a, a cue that I really like for triangle pose is to really anchor through that front heel while the knee is bent. And then with that connection, you're kind of finding that activation through the back body of that front leg mm-hmm. as you begin to straighten. I see a lot of times with triangle pose, you know, very often we're coming from this place of deeper's better. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's something I try to detangle in my students. Deeper is not always better. Mm-hmm. I want you to be able to participate in the pose, feel the details. Mm-hmm. So as you're, you're kind of lengthening that front leg, finding that engagement and participation. So often we'll just kind of like clunk, you know, straighten mm-hmm. the knee and it kind of on our bendy friends. It might even go past straight, mm-hmm. right? So sure. I want you to find that connection in that joint, the knee joint, by pressing through that heel, the full heel through the foot. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you're finding that movement through the hip. Now, a lot of times we'll side bend, right? From the yeah. waist. But I always like to, to kind of highlight the movement through the hip joint, in triangle pose. So Mm -hmm. moving from the hip with that longer spine Mm -hmm. and feeling into, well, where is that point for you? You know, Mm -hmm. we'll see a picture of triangle perhaps in our head where the the hand goes all the way to the floor. For me, quite honestly, it feels better if I have this more lifted triangle Mm -hmm. and I'm finding that engagement through my hand, maybe pressing into that front inner leg on that side, opening up and feeling that twist through the rib cage. So those are some of the cues that I might use to find a personalized alignment Mm -hmm. for triangle pose. I didn't tell anybody where to put anything. I was kind of giving these directional cues for different body points Mm -hmm. and for them to feel into that shape. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Thanks. That's really good. Sure. I love to just encourage small free movements where I'll just be like, I will hold postures in my classes and stuff, but overall I'm just kind of like wiggle around, you know, just feel I'm going to give you that general shape, but then in a warrior two, does it feel good to have less bend today in your front knee or more bend where you're really down deep and you're past your ankle and you're really working into some knee strength range of motion that feels like, yeah, like I'm about to go on this really long hike and I'm trying to build up my knees for when I'm going downhill. And so I'm doing that in a safer space on my mat. 
where I'm trying to build that range of motion here while it's more stable that, so that when I go walk down this really steep decline, like, and my yeah. knees are really taking that forward yep. motion that I have, prepped, I have prepped. Yeah. Like I yep. prepped for that. So I really like invite, like, just feel what other little movements are available in this pose. Oh, and yeah. I think that's so good with the triangle pose as well with the, like, I try to think of those places where we would tend to hang out or hold back because of some fear or something. Sure. So these are a really big one, obviously, because we all have, we really want to protect our knees yes. uh, back, you know, back's another big one, hips and things. And so my example with pigeon is the same, right? It's like, okay, we get told to really be careful of the torque on that front knee. And yeah. so for me, it had took that time of being like, yeah, deeper isn't always better. And deeper actually caused me to start feeling some discomfort and twingy feeling. And it was when I asked myself where that was coming from and started to see the places in my, my practice where I was, was thinking that deeper was better and I started to add some strength or back off and change the shape a little bit or change the angle, like changing the angle is a big one. It's like, we should always be like, I don't know, change the angle. What does it feel like? You know, right out such an easy cue, like try yeah. a different angle, like even in a chest stretch on the floor where you're in a prone, I call it prone scorpion, like where you're, yeah. you're prone and you have that chest stretch, the hand, the arm being up more to the okay. side, more down more, all of those angles are going to change the sensation you feel. And so I'm aiming as a teacher for a general stretch across right. like the, the delts and the, the pecs and everything, but I don't know that they're feeling that. And so encouraging my students to change the angle and find a sensation that feels right. good, I think is, yeah, just important. And then as a student, knowing that you have the freedom to do that in your practice, like your teacher is just there as a guide yep. and they're basically just giving you suggestions. <laughs> so like, it's <laughs> nice. I love to go to a class because even yes. though I'm a teacher, I don't want to come up with my own flow all the time. Sometimes right. that's fun but I want someone to just suggest this is the direction you should go. But yes. I have the freedom to say like, I'm going to change the angle on this. I'm going to take this deeper. I'm going to really back off on this. I'm going to skip this pose altogether. Right. And that's, I really think where you start to feel freedom in your practice yeah. and resiliency in your body and all of that. I'm trusting that inner wisdom. Yeah. Right. Getting to the place where you trust that inner wisdom. Yeah. I love that too. Yeah. That's yeah, so great. And, you know, I want to mention too, about coming together, uh, there's something called collective joy, which just, mm -hmm. I love because joy is a big kind of like value for me, but coming together just yeah. in community, moving together creates what's called collective joy. So and good. so, yeah, I think that's a beautiful thing about a group class as well. Mm -hmm. That's so good. I love it. One thing I wanted to kind of touch on too, is just you share first gen, like where, where do you kind of feel like some of this intention behind really specific alignment? Where do you feel like that, that has come from, like in your opinion or your, your learning through taking different trainings and mm -hmm. studying yoga and studying movement and things like that. Right. That's a really good question. It's, I think, you know, it's a very language based 
practice, right? Learning from teacher, from other teacher, and that goes down the line. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it's hard to kind of figure out exactly where things originated, but we only know what we know. Mm -hmm. And over the years, we've gained understanding and knowledge. And I mean, even looking at the physical therapy or physio world, right? You've seen a a dramatic shift, Mm -hmm. you know, years ago, it was more of that right wrong. And you can see the trends shifting Mm -hmm. with this better understanding that we have of the body of pain science of biomechanics and what true healing really is. And so I think just there's been a lot of research and a lot of critical thinking by smart people and things have begun to shift and it it takes a while to get into, I think, mainstream. Mm -hmm. So I think, uh, but I think like you said earlier on, it was sometimes you'll be on Instagram and you're like, wait, that kind what's, this is different. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, there's someone that's kind of found a little bit more of this direction and it hits a personal note of that inner knowing like, okay, this feels like a better direction. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think that's interesting too. What I was kind of thinking through with this question was like, basically a lot of my, my training where yours has been very anatomy focused and you have Mm -hmm. a degree in kinesiology and things like mine, I've, I've done a lot because I'm I'm just passionate about this aspect of the practice. Like I have done a lot of trainings with a more traditional lineage. And so I have, you know, read more of this, this found the beginning stages of yoga from, from in India. And so I think it's interesting when you look at something like light on yoga, it's a very, you know, pretty much across the board, like a 200 hour. It's like, you should basically yeah. look at this as like the manual for moving right. forward with these. And I think it's interesting because like, it's just such a different lifestyle. And so it's different for us today as people that sit in chairs, people that just sit a lot in general, people that are just really high stress jobs and reaching forward a lot, you know, all of these different things that have through time changed the composition of our bodies and the way we hold ourselves and our development as a child. And there's all these things that impact your development as a child that, you know, things that your, your parents did and didn't do not out of hope, you know, typically not out of neglect, but just maybe not out of knowing. And so your body will develop in certain ways, you know? So it's interesting because there's, I think coming from this viewpoint of, you know, in, in Eastern cultures sitting way more on the ground, like using a squatty potty, like all of those things make (laughs) like, there are so many different things that impact what is available in their bodies from a young, yeah. from a young age and then moving forward. Yep. And so I think that has informed me a lot to just be like, this is the intention is just to be like, this is the general shape and this is the goal of the shape. And I think he does a great job of that in, in light on yoga. Like you can go in the back and he'll be like, you can use all of these poses for X, Y, and Z thing. And it'll be like, indigestion, cramps, a headache, so many different things. And so I love that portion of it too, to be like, there is this inherent, you know, strength building, healing things that come from this physical practice and, and then the spiritual side to be able to connect with God through 
our breathing and through our meditation and to, you know, still our minds and be still and know that he is God and, you know, all of that. And so for me, I just think that's been like an interesting lens to view that through is to be like, well, we had to kind of start somewhere. And I think like right. the intention <laughs> was there, you know, like, I don't think the intention was ever meant to be like, no, you're doing it wrong. Right. Like you're not gonna, whatever, reach Oh gosh, if you don't do this this way, but that to welcome the fact that like, it's coming from a space of a blueprint and that with in a Western world with our Western things that we're doing often, like I said, sitting a lot and more high stress jobs and things that we, yeah, are having a balance of those two to give ourselves the grace and to see these, these research studies that come out to show the adaptability and things like Paul Greeley showing you a different bone structure and then balancing that with like, okay, this is the blueprint we work, we work from and then broaden from, from there. Yeah. Awesome. Did you have anything else that you want to share before we No, I think that really kind of ties it all up into a nice little bow, what we wanted to kind of address. (laughs) So yeah, I love it. Great. Great. Love it. Cool. Well, we have one of our friends, Mary here with us. Would you like to ask any questions or say anything from your experience as a teacher or a student, Mary? Yeah, I, 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 this has all been really, really good. I like it a a lot. My degree is in physical education. So I love the anatomy, the physiology, the kinesiology. I love all that with it. But the, the places where I find it the hardest is like with a lot of my people with their knees, Yeah. You know, they've either, they have knee pain or, you know, hip pain. And, and so it's hard to know, like in tree of, okay, you know, put it, you know, do the basic shape and they'll do that. They go, oh, I can't do that because of my knee. And I'm thinking in my head, wait a second, if you just move your foot a little bit here and I'm trying, you know, and I, you know, guide them that way. It's like, oh, that's good. But, but then I'm, I see her foot on top of her shin and I'm thinking, oh, is that okay? But after hearing you, I'm thinking, yeah, it is mm-hmm. because yep. she's still opening her hip, you yep. know, or, but her, but she's giving grace to her knee. And so I, I love that whole aspect of, you know, your bodies are not this, are not, not nobody's the same. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's good. It, it does. It gives you freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. I think that's good too, because it's good to just be asking ourselves, like, what is the intention behind this pose? You know, why did I ask them to do this pose in the first place? And so to say like, well, was it to do it as a hip opener? Was it to do it as a balancing, you know, way to build balance? Was it like, you know, anything that kind of comes from that? And so I think then I'm able to say to myself too, or to them, or, you know, to ask them, ask themselves, here's the goal that I'm like, my example I gave with the prone scorpion, like the chest stretch. I'm like, for me, the intention as the teacher in that instance, when I typically put those, that pose in is to stretch their chest and to get their shoulder blade to pull back because our shoulders are typically rounded forward so often Mm -hmm. nowadays. So I put that in tons of my classes because I'm just like, I just want you to get this back for a little bit. (laughs) And so then explaining to them, my goal is to, is for you to feel an opening across this area of your body. So explore until you feel like you're achieving that goal. So you can do the same with tree. Like my goal is for you to be building balance and stability through your right foot and your right ankle. So what do you need to do to feel like you're really challenging that? So like for Mm -hmm. me as a more established practitioner, 
I might be like, okay, she wants me to work on my balance. So like, I'm going to close my eyes because at this point I barely think in this pose anymore. And so like, I I call it a long blink. Yeah. Like I have to do like something to spice it up, you know, but like, if you were like, I actually want you to really work on using tree today as, as the hip opener, then I would be like, okay, I really want to focus on if my left foot's on my right leg, I want to focus on my left glute working a lot to deepen that external rotation of my left hip. And I might even change the positioning of my left foot on my right leg to come higher up towards my pelvis, or maybe even take a half Lotus to really get into the deepest external hip rotation I possibly can. So does that make sense? Like how that would Mm -hmm. kind of change as well? Yeah, that does. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And that's good to know too, of, you know, asking them for kind of a goal of what you're looking at. Yeah. 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 And I've noticed in the chair classes, that's what's harder because you ask them to, you know, lift their arms up Mm -hmm. and, um, and I'm able to do all that stuff. So I'm just doing it. And a lot of people in that class are my age, but I'm just able to do. And so it's hard for me to transfer that up. Oh, wait, we've got people here who are having shoulder issues and knee issues. I don't have any of that right now. And I can do all this. So it's, it's hard to cross that barrier sometime. And so, um, so that's, that's good to know too, that if, if all you can do with your shoulders, you know, is, you know, or you can't go back very far. That's okay. That's just, if you've had a rotator cuff surgery, there's no way it's going to happen. That's right. You know, and I have had that. So I know that, you know, you can ask me to do that, but it's just not going to work anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. Totally. It's like, so that's good. It's been really good. Yeah. I've enjoyed this. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I think it's good too, to be like, yeah, what's the balance of helping our, our students as we get to know them. Um, Mm -hmm. And as, and then this applies to us as students as well, like as we get to know ourselves through our practice, like, what is it? It's like, it is like, I think that is like one of the hardest parts of the journey is knowing that it it will take time to discover like what is like what Paul Greeley kind of says, like bone on bone versus like where there's more space to grow. And so that Mm -hmm. can, that can just, that just takes some exploration and, you know, giving our students some things like maybe some homework, (laughs) you know, like try these things at home, like do these things pretty regularly and see if you feel like you're able to get some more, you know, out of it because yeah, without doing, you know, like MRIs or x-rays and things, we're not going to really, really know. It's going to take some exploration and like encouragement. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's good. It's been good. Yeah. Awesome. Anything else? Mm -mm. No, I think that's Cool. Great. Yeah. Well, it's awesome. Thank you guys so much for joining us. And we are excited. We'll be announcing our next topic soon. If you want to request anything, please let us know. You can let us know in the comments on our YouTube channel, or you can post in our community on our membership platform. And we're happy to do that. You can also reach out on email uh, for this or for the, the number for the soul yoga as you know and we'd be happy to help you guys out so thank you guys so much jen do you want to close us in a quick prayer my pleasure heavenly father we love you praise you and thank you thank you for this time thank you for these bodies our breath thank you for just community and how we can come alongside each other and learn and grow and um, just get excited about these mysteriously complex bodies that you 
have gifted us. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thanks, ladies. Have a great day.